Hi, my name is Sarah Bentley Pearson, and I am excited to share my podcast, which features wonderful talent that I've been so lucky to discover in the Southeast. This was born out of a list that I created in 2015 called Sarah's List, and through my work in real estate, which I've been doing since 2005, and styling work, and just my personal life and my personal interests, I've been able to meet so many wonderful people, and I'm excited to share them with you. So this guest, Rebecca Jack, this artist that I discovered at Bergdorf's in New York, who happened to live around the corner from my husband's old house, just seemed so crazy to me because I walked right out of the cafe at Bergdorf's on to the floor um, to look at the home section and there was a painting I was drawn to immediately and I thought it would be great for my bedroom but I wasn't sure if it would fit so I just took a picture of the card with the dimensions and when I got home I looked her up and she had a website. So I sent an email to her just saying I loved her work. And did she show at all in Atlanta? And we did a little back and forth. And then I figured out that she lived like just two or three miles from me. I really enjoyed speaking to her as well. I felt I had met sort of a kindred spirit. And I hope that comes through in the interview. Enjoy. So Rebecca, this, I actually would have been telling a lot of friends about how I met you and how just fortuitous the whole thing was for me because I walked into Bergdorf's. I was there recently with my son in New York and we were in Brooklyn with my sister and, uh, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go into the city for my, you know, for myself for the day and went and had lunch at Bergdorf's and then, then walked out. And I saw your beautiful painting. And um, I asked the sales lady about it, and I took a little picture of the card next to it. And then I did a little research, and I ended up finding your website. And I emailed you and said I loved your work and that it reminded me of America Martin, which gets mm -hmm. to your bio also, yeah. which is funny, and said, do you show in Atlanta? And you said, well, actually, I live in Atlanta. <laughs> And uh, you live very close to me, and so that's how we met. So I'm so glad to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been great getting to know you. Your podcast is amazing, and just learned so much. So I'm thrilled to be here. And well, have your this work conversation. is really great. And reading your bio, I I was I only know one other person that claims to be self-taught as a painter, uh -huh. and it seems like such like a God-given gift to be able to actually see something or imagine something and then to be able to put it on paper. Mm -hmm. So that's, I went to art school and I, I did do a few drawing classes and I had no capability to take my eye to mm -hmm. my hand. It's definitely been something that I've uh, been, I, I was born an artist. I feel like my mom's an artist. It's been something that just comes naturally to me and um, yeah, it's it's something that I love and I'm passionate about. But it and took me was, a while to kind of get to this place. Well, but. but I think that's life. I mean, 
you know, we're not really far off in age. It's not like you're 25 years younger than me or anything. And I think life is sort of like that and how long it takes to get to a place where you're like, I feel me. Yeah. For me, I think I struggled a lot with confidence and just being expanded that this could be a possibility for me. So that took a while. Mm -hmm. And also just um, thinking about careers at the time when I was thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. Being an artist didn't seem like a viable career at the time. And so I ended up choosing another passion, which was interior design. Right. And went to school for that and had a whole career with that. And then, um, yeah, things just slowly started to change in the art world, Instagram and platforms like Squarespace and Shopify came online. And so those started to shift the conversation of, oh, this could be something that I could do for a living and started to kind of get yeah, myself in gear. Yeah, I've had a lot of interior designers on here like Melanie Turner who actually turned me on to America Martin and I actually bought one because because she had turned me on to her. But I am a big believer that art is really the essence of your home. You know, you can have beautiful couches and rugs and all of that, but without art being the true expression of who you are mm -hmm. that and I'm always a little sad when I go into people's homes where the art says nothing mm -hmm. you know it looks like it's just been picked by a very you know uh an interior designer that's trying to match the sofa mm -hmm. you know like I I love I, I think that's what I was drawn to about your particular piece is that it was bold. I did have a, I have a vision of what room I would want it to be mm -hmm. in. I mean, mm -hmm. there is a little bit of that in me, but the, but the, but the composition and I loved the man and the woman. And I was thinking above my bed because of, because of that. But, um, but I also think it was so interesting that it's like I walked in and there was a lot of art in the room and I was completely drawn to you. And then here you live I know that's so interesting. You know, and I'm yeah. in Bergdorf's, and I, I, you know, was thinking of buying it regardless. But it means so much more too that I was able to meet you, and so then that piece will, has a story around it as well. That's another thing that I love about art is mm -hmm. that typically art is not transactional necessarily. It has emotion or an experience that you know one shares when purchasing that piece. Mm -hmm. And I was, I would wanted to say also that when I went to visit your studio at your home, which I like to do when I meet artists, uh -huh. is that I was very impressed by the volume of your work. I do work um, in high volume. Yeah. I work quickly. And, you know, it's interesting because for so long I held off. There was many years where I didn't paint. Um, but ironically, I was still dreaming and thinking about painting when I would lay my head down at night. And then finally, like as I got my act together and became more consistent in my studio practice, I did that by just small chunks of time spending there, 10, 15 minutes just to get my um, consistency muscle moving and, and um, flexing. And through that consistent action, I started being able to move through the work faster 
I started to um, do, I will also work on multiple pieces at the same time. So I think that helps. But through that consistency, it really helps speed up the process for me. Um, and I think just in general, I I work quickly. I don't have time. But to, you clearly like to work. I, lo- I love, love to work. To I'm obsessed with yeah, working yeah. with, with painting. I'm a Pisces. Oh, you're a Pisces. Yeah. I have a Capricorn. Was am I? I'm a Taurus moon and a Capricorn rising. I think the Capricorn part might be. Well, I, there's Capricorn in there. Like something. I, I don't know a ton about astrology, I but I do like to know people's signs because I think there are some themes about yes. people's signs. But regardless, you know, I thought to myself, well, you have you love what you do and you have a strong work ethic because there was a lot of work there. And the book you said, um, the daily painting is that, Mm -hmm. which just sort of got you into the exercise. Cause I think with anything, you know, so much of life, um, is habits, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, you could be a painter and like to paint, but maybe just kind of be a little lazy about it. Was was this was this book inspiring to you? Was it sort of telling you, you know, get up and just do ten minutes? If you, I guess because yeah, it it's changed. like a painting, you're like, oh my god, I don't have three days to sit in my studio. But I, yeah, it it changed everything for my career. I, I really have to say that because um, at the time I was working as an interior designer. I'm a mom. I mean, life is just busy and. Um, at the end of the day, I was tired and it was hard to find the time to devote to my studio practice. Mm-hmm. And so discovering this book really helped me um, structure my studio practice, structure my mindset as far as like saying, okay, let's not work on the big paintings right now. Let's focus on small paintings that can get done in under an hour. And by taking that pressure off, to be like, I need to be in the studio for several hours to get stuff done. I'm going to go up for 30 minutes. And that was more doable for me mm-hmm. at night when I'm tired and just want to veg out and watch TV. And um, and so getting up in the studio for 20, 30 minutes, I started to crave that on a regular basis. And so that would turn into two hours, sometimes three hours. And um, one of the things that being in the studio for me, it gives me energy, not doesn't drain me. So that starts to become addictive when you're like, you feel passionate about something. Well, that you're I mean, doing. it feels to me like you're talking like about meditation or working out or any of these things that can feel um, that, you know, it's sort of good for you, but you, you know, feel overwhelmed by it. Yes. And, it, and then the, the payback is huge. And I'm sure... I mean, I'm not a painter. I'm not an artist. I did go to art school because I, that was kind of like I wanted to go to school in New York, and that just seemed like sort of creative, and I could do it. But, you know, when I went to school for photography, I loved to be in the dark room. And the, your point about, you know, am I an artist? Can I make that work? I mean, that was really always my, my struggle. I love art. And I feel like I have a good eye for it, but I never thought I was truly an artist, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess that is something you just know inside about yourself. 
I've always known it. It was just the being in alignment with taking action, um, make like and being confident and bringing that together. It, yeah, it's so it is I, something innate. But I do getting back to like exercise and meditation. Like I have thought like, oh, this definitely applies to anything. Like just, I mean, I struggle right now with getting my exercise in and eating healthy and and like making time for myself because I'm so focused on work and like all the other things that I have to do that that's kind of I've just self-care has fallen by the wayside a little bit and I'm starting to think oh I can just spend 15 minutes a day exercise like that just takes the pressure off it does um, yeah so I, I think it does yeah I, apply I mean I I um taught spinning for like 12 years and um oh, wow. I've always been like a grinder like a very a-type personality but you know, now I still lift weights a few days a week, uh, but I don't run anymore or do really high impact things because I've had like issues in my hips and mm-hmm. things like that. And, you know, it's like, I always thought yoga was like, oh, that's so wimpy. And now like, I wish I did more yoga then too. But my point is, is I started walking a lot during mm-hmm. COVID. And now I, I do that with, um, a lot of pleasure and I work it into my work too. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'm out there and I'm like, okay, I'll make the time to call my clients, but I'm also doing that. And I think, you know, when you get to be of a certain age, you, there's a lot on our plates mm-hmm. and I don't know about you, but I think most women feel this like incredible pressure to do things perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if we can't do it perfectly, then just forget it. But you know, your practice has made perfect. So tell me about how you ended up in birth force. I mean, that's, that's pretty big deal. I know. Yeah. It's a dream that came true that I didn't, didn't even know I had. (laughs) Um, I, so I got started selling my artwork through Cherish, which is an online curated Mm -hmm. platform Mm -hmm. that sells uh, original art, antiques, vintage. Yes. I'm familiar with it. And, um, very cool. I, I really love Cherish. I think that it's a really neat platform. And so I started selling and did really well and have been with them, gosh, for a couple of years now doing that. And they decided that they wanted to open up a pop-up art gallery at Bergdorf's and collaborate with them. And they pulled all of their, I guess, most successful artists mm-hmm. and created this curated experience that you could experience in person and so yeah that's how I got into Bergdorf's and yeah I mean you uh, were really like well positioned you weren't in one yeah. of the little rooms and yeah. you were right there front and center and um I've told a lot of people about your work and that how I feel like it was just you know a happy accident how it all came together that I was able to find you and you know, I think I, I really do like your small paintings, too. I think they would be beautiful in a collection, mm-hmm. you know, on a wall. And do you work with interior designers as well? I do. I love actually working with interior designers. Because I mean, it's, a, <laughs> well, that's what you it's did. something that is also a passion of mine. And, um, yeah, I feel connected to interior designers in that way. 
So one other thing I thought was kind of cool when I came to meet you at your house is that your husband is German Mm -hmm. and he's an entrepreneur too. And I had his energy drink and it's pretty strong. Like I was like, whoa, you know, I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So the caffeine was the Yeah. And he was like, okay, well, I shouldn't drink this in the afternoon for me, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was a very interesting taste. And you said it's the the shells of for coffee, the coffee beans? It's the coffee fruit. So okay. I didn't realize this until we went on this adventure, but um, the, there is the coffee fruit and the, the bean is on the inside that mm. people usually, the farmers take and discard the, the outer shell mm-hmm. and just want to um, harvest and roast the bean. Um, so it's a, um, a, pro- a waste product that has been upcycled and so the the fruit are is dried and then brewed like a tea and it, so it kind of has a, a tea taste but it's not um it's it's definitely not tea but right yeah it's got it this herbally earthy yeah it had like taste. an earthy taste to it mm-hmm. and what's the company called again it's called up to good up to good i love and that and you can find it in whole foods in atlanta mm-hmm. right now there's also uh, some in Savannah and I believe maybe Asheville as well. So well, that's growing. exciting. It is a very exciting. That's it's, your children speak or you have a son? I just have a son. Does he, he speak German? Just turned 10 and he does speak German. He's My husband has been speaking German to him since he was a baby. So he would always understand everything. And then, but we always went through this back and forth where he would uh, understand what my husband would say to him, and then he would speak back in English. So it wasn't until he went to um, at the International Charter School of Atlanta, where they have a German program, and he started coming home speaking German after that, because I think it gave him this confidence and understanding of the language. So, and I understand that you also lived in yeah, Berlin. Yeah, I lived in East Berlin. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, sprechen Sie Deutsch? Ich sprechen Deutsch. I'm Bissian. Yeah, ich habe viele vergessen. Well, you know, children absorb language so easily. You know, and I, when we lived in Berlin, um, my stepfather was a diplomat, so, like, we had all this staff and everything. And so they all only spoke German, so we would speak German with them, and okay. we really became fluent. And now we came back when I was in eighth grade, so I was there from fourth grade to eighth grade. And um, when yeah. I meet somebody, they think, oh, like, I was – when I was just in Switzerland, and I my friend's daughter was on the German track, too, and – I, you know, I did my like two sentence German and she goes, oh, your German's so much better than mine. And I was like, uh, that's about my, the limit of my, <laughs> but the, the, you know, you, oh, children can pick up the, pick up the accent so well mm-hmm. and really absorb a la- the language. And my mother, um, could, you know, never really learned to yeah. speak it like I did. And, and I'm, I'm saddened that I haven't been able to keep it up. It's not like my favorite language. Like yeah. I could just pick a language. It's to difficult. See. It's a very difficult language and, and it's not necessarily the most beautiful language. Mm-hmm. I mean, I neither is English, frankly, but like some of the romance languages are really great. But it's a it's a it's a technical language, you know, with and and you know, some of that Derrida stuff, it 
the the sound typically kind of goes with the word, but then sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So it's like so yeah, hard. Yeah, the conjugation is like, yeah, it's crazy. Hunt. Well, yeah, you would think a dog would be masculine. <laughs> so did you go to school with um, like a German yeah, school? Yeah, I went to a school that was bilingual. So okay. the German kids really absorbed English even better. And then the Americans were either diplomats or some of the army kids. Most of the army, like the general's kids went mm-hmm. there. Most of the army kids went to the army school and didn't learn a lick of German. But, mm-hmm. you know, the more intellectual Americans would send their kids. I went to the John F. Kennedy school. Mm-hmm. And um, the German kids were doing language, doing the classes in both languages. But we had like the mother tongue languages too. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we were really mostly in English classes except for a few. But we're, we were immersed with all the German kids. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just learn to speak it. It's just yeah. how it is. And it's it's a privilege. It is. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting time, too, to be in another country, like age-wise for you. Yeah, I, mean, it, I think it it's kind of created a little bit of this wanderlust in me you know, where I get bored really easily and I'm ready to kind of pick up and move and reinvent myself. I have a little bit of envy sometimes for Mm -hmm. kids who grew up with in that one place, in that one community. But then the other part of me is like, I was so lucky. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way where I, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I could not wait to leave and go somewhere else, experience the world in a different place. So I moved um, actually to Seattle after I graduated and just wanted to experience something different. But I always had this, um, I think I actually, even as a child, like I always wanting to reinvent my room or reinvent myself or Yeah, and that's kind of interior design. Like I love redoing things in my house too. And I think that's why I love art because it's kind of reintroducing a different point of view of Mm -hmm. the world and I noticed that you do a lot of faces and things like that and that used to you merged your mediums to come up with the medium that you're doing now Mm -hmm. um do you is there something else that you're working on too in your mind that perhaps I didn't see you know in your paintings or is there a direction that you're going in yeah well I'm always thinking about how can I merge the abstract with some kind of form and some kind of um, shape so like for instance I'm also I'm doing the figures but it's in an abstracted form so I'm kind of playing with perception and what is reality Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also doing abstracted still lifes so I might have some that are like a bowl of eggs or coffee cup or like playing with these different objects but it's in a very abstracted form so it kind of also um, touches on the idea of manifestation how you take a um, abstracted thought or some kind of idea out in the ethers and actually bring it down into a physical form or reality so I really like playing with those ideas and then my my figures are very much um, thinking about aspects of the self, self-growth, transformation, um, connecting with emotions and the, just the inner rich world that, of our imagination and our inner lives and kind of bridging the exterior experience with our inner experience. 
So have you heard of the book Many Lives and Many Masters? I have not. I just started reading it. In fact, my friend Melanie Turner, the interior designer, told me to read it. And it's really fascinating. A psychiatrist, um, this is an old book from the 80s, uh, was treating a woman who was depressed and not in a great relationship and had a lot of trauma. She couldn't swallow pills. She was very afraid of water, all of these interesting things. Um, you know, we all have our traumas and we all are very individual in our fears and our complexities. And so he was doing traditional, uh, you know, therapy on her and it wasn't really working and he had some training in hypnotherapy. Is that hypnosis? Mm -hmm. And so he hypnotized her. And for a year and a half, he hypnotized her. And she was able to capture past lives. And, you know, she had drowned almost in oh, one wow. of her lives. And she was able to go back thousands of years. And the, the, the premise of the book is that, well, essentially re reincarnation, but it's, it's been really, like, um, profound for me uh, because I find myself in the same struggles mm -hmm. over and over and over mm -hmm. again, no matter no matter the personalities that are put into my life, right? And that I'm I'm drawing these people and these situations into my life to work these things out. And it That's right. and it was making me really think about that when you were talking about, you know, transforming the thought into, you know, and and what is that all about? And it seems like you have some sort of that sensibility about you. Yeah. So uh, one of an, another aspect um, that I've been working on myself, which I mean, I, this book sounds right up my alley. I'm really excited to read that. <laughs> yes. Um, so I found a manifestation platform back in, I don't know, 2019, 2020. And I started um, working on that. And it's uh, the platform's called To Be Magnetic. Have you heard of no, them? No, but it sounds like right up my alley. It's totally what, what you just were talking about. So you have manifestation where, like you, I guess old school manifestation where you're like, oh, I'm going to think positive thoughts. I'm going to um, bring this, you know, million dollars into my life or whatever. It, um, but their platform is a little bit different where it, it says that you manifest from your subconscious. And so um, having this, what am I trying to, so as a, like when you think about as a baby, you are this pure form of energy. And then as you go through life, you start to um, have experiences, good and bad, and those start to put on these layers on, your, on yourself. And so um, the manifestation platform that I'm talking about really goes into taking off those layers. They have three main components. It's unblocking, which is removing those things that are impeding on you um, and, and keeping you from being your highest self. Then there's expanding, which is seeing to believe that what you desire is possible. And then there's taking action towards that um, goal. And so, but the, the subconscious piece is really interesting because 
these experiences that we've had throughout our life start to get stuck in the body and stuck in our um, emotional body, our physical body, and maybe even our spiritual body. And so the, they have a hypnosis process that kind of helps release those. Oh, wow. Um, and so you start to feel lighter and freer in yourself. And then once you have more of an open channel, then you can bring in these manifestations that mm. you're calling in. Yeah, it's interesting because I've done a lot of personal work and um, my partner here in real estate too, my um, Michelle Wing, she and I did Tony Robbins together, which was a little raw, raw for mm. me. It was, but it was good. And we walked on fire and, you know, we had to make these intentions or that was the purpose of mm. our work. And I thought it was so interesting knowing her and knowing me that we we both have our strengths that are easier for us. And then we both have our weaknesses that we're trying to work on. And how ultimately, you know, we as humans go to what's easy, mm-hmm. you know, and to the, to the daily practice painting book that you were talking about is that, you know, you just sometimes have to make, do the harder thing in smaller increments until it becomes more natural. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, uh, when my son was born and um, I was really kind of in the beginning part of getting a divorce by the time he was born, which is not very pleasant, but facts. And, you know, I really was very protective and super in love with my son. And so a lot of my energy went into being a mom for the mm-hmm. first few years. And then when I did get a divorce and, you know, it was like, okay, well, I'm now, as much as I'd like to spend all my time with him, I've got to get cracking a little bit more of making more money. And I noticed that what was harder is, was really changing my habits. Mm-hmm. You know, my habits were, were much, you know, frankly, lazier when I was a mom. You know, I wouldn't necessarily get up, get dressed, get to, you know, get all these things going. I was focusing on him and and the nurturing slowness of mm-hmm. being a mom that sometimes is required of that yes. time because there's so much chaos. But just by making incremental changes, then then it's, you know, my mom used to say, how do you eat an elephant piece by piece? Yeah. And it's just, you, you know, just little bit, little changes here and there. And then all of a sudden, you know, years passed and you're like, oh, wow, you know, I've done this, I've done that. And, and you know, it was cute when I came to your house because you were like, Oh, look, my studio's through my closet. You were, you know, but I loved it actually. It felt like a little cocoon, like, oh, I'm going up to the tree yeah. house. And I just imagine you in there, and it's probably a great reprieve yes. for you. Like, I'll leave it you is. all down here and I'm just going to go up to the tree house for a while. Yeah, and exactly. then, you know, that's where you can uh, feed your creative juices. But um, how can you tell the audience how to, what's the name of the gallery that you're shown in here? And obviously on Cherished, people can yes. find your work, but. Yeah, I'm at the Atlanta Artist Collective here in Atlanta. It's on the third floor of Webmore Stellar over by the galleries at Peachtree. Oh, okay. Okay. And then I'm on Cherish. I also have my own website. You can mm-hmm. find out what I'm doing. It's rebjackart.com, R-E-B-J-A-C-K. Yeah, I love your name too, Rebecca Jack. It's it's very cool. 
thank you. And well, your your look is very today with your cute hat and everything. You look very like a Parisian artist to me. <laughs> like, well, I've always loved the French look. So. Yeah, no, it really suits you. I love hats too. I I I wear them a lot, especially when I travel. It feels kind of funny sometimes in such like a a car town mm-hmm. to wear hats as much. Whereas yeah. like if you're walking a lot, it yes. feels it feels yeah. better to wear a hat. Okay. But I think your work is great. And um, I, you know, feel a little bit like I discovered you at, at a time where like I, you know, I'm sounds to me like you're very much established. I mean, being in Bergdorf's, but I felt felt lucky to to actually meet you in person and um, I, I know you're going to have like a long, long career. Your, your work is stunning. And I love the colors. There's a lot to it. There's a, there's a lot of punch to it. So. Yeah. I, color is one of my tenants that I really focus on. I'm obsessed with color. Um, and I really like layering the colors. It's almost like this timeline from start to finish that I can see, you know, a, a, the past, present, and, you know, maybe the finished product but it's um it's something that definitely inspires me when I'm getting started well I really appreciate you coming I love your work and I feel privileged that you're here oh thank you so much it's been a pleasure So I'm super psyched about my sponsor for the podcast. She's a great friend of mine and also a previous guest. Her name is Lisa Stein. Her work is stunning. We all layer it and wear it all the time. It's great jewelry to wear day to night. I barely go a day without it, and I think you would too once you start collecting it. She's been so nice to give all of my listeners a discount. When you go to LASTein.com, you put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 15, and you will get a discount. Just put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 15. 